Tune in every Tuesday morning at 11 o'clock for WMNF Wavemakers, featuring conversations with people making a difference in the Tampa Bay area. I'm Janet. And I'm Tom. Each week, we will bring you people who are not just talking about change, they are making it happen. Do you know a Wavemaker? Write us at dj at wmnf.org with Wavemakers in the subject line. And listen anytime by searching for WMNF Wavemakers wherever you listen to podcasts.
good morning, good morning. Welcome to another edition of the Sunday Forum right here on WMNF at 8.5 Tampa, Sarasota, St. Pete. This is your host, Walter L. Smith II, along with the members of the Fourth Estate crew. Crew, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on? I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm just tripping a little bit and uh, really enjoying the aftermath of what happened in Tennessee. Yes. Those uh, expelled lawmakers, yes. Justin Jones and Justin Pearson, they've been reinstated. And yes. they're oh, yeah. talking and nobody can't do nothing with them. And, <laughs> and uh, they look like Huey mm-hmm. and uh, what was, was his brother's name? Um, well, from the Boondocks. So, oh, yeah. cartoons. If, if you're a fan of the Boondocks, Riley. Yeah, here we are, Riley Freeman. If you're a fan of the Boondocks, then you know what I'm talking about, folks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I always suggest that people take a look at the at the show. If you if you're really sensitive, don't do it. But um, but the Boondocks is the is the way to go. I, I love it. I love it. Netflix, Netflix, Netflix. Um, Hey man, you know that that was that was a that was more than a debacle. Mm-hmm. That was that was so bad, uh, and we're going to talk about that today as a part of of our of, of the uh, of our, our guest that we're going to be introducing in a little while. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you something, man. That was such a bad situation for that house, and and, and let me tell you why. So that people understand exactly what was happening. For those people who don't know what happened in Tennessee, um, you had uh, two black gentlemen who were members of the House of Representatives <coughs> in Tennessee, and uh, you had one white female who was uh, who's also who is also a member of the House of Representatives in Tennessee, same state, same house, the whole night. And because they, there, there was a, a, there was a discussion on the floor regarding the issue of execution. And with that discussion, uh, one of the House members decided that it was uh, a White House member, uh, one of the good old boys, got out there and decided it was a good idea to get out there and discuss the possibility of adding in hanging from a tree as a means of execution. Yeah. Okay. To go backwards. So you're talking, yeah, yeah, and 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 the strange thing about him really is that you have that's 100 and some years, right? Uh, 100 some years setback with regard to with regard to those discussions, with regard to that that concept, regard to to the entire thing that sets us back, right? And, and and more than that, I mean, it's not like we weren't already there, right? Because right now, for whatever reason, and there are numbers of reasons, for whatever reason, um, the the right feels that there, there's a segment of the right that feels as though it's okay to do this, to talk like this, to say this. Until one of us comes around, I say, well, I'm being black folk. Somebody comes up there and busts one of them upside the head. Then all of a sudden, then, it, then oh, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. No, no, ain't no wait now. It's late. It's too late now. Now I'm busting upside the head. Right? Okay. So now, in this particular case, that, that he didn't get busted upside the head, he sat there and he made this comment and he felt safe in doing it. And it was fine. 
because he was supported by the remaining members of the House. And they made every excuse as to why it was okay for this fool to say what he said. Right? Okay, now, what we what, what was his name, by the way? Do you, do you know what his name is? No. We will find out what the name is, folks, and we'll get that out to you so you will know who this idiot was. So now, what what ends up happening is these gentlemen, the just the two Justins as we call them, the two Justins and the young lady who was who was uh, who was expelled. Oh, oh no, she was not expelled. No, she kept her seat. Yes, the the white member of of house of the house uh, who protested. State Rep. Paul Sherrill is the lawmaker, the Tennessee lawmaker who asked for hanging by tree. That's right. Paul Sherrill, Paul Sherrill of Tennessee, um, decided it was a good idea to do, to do that, okay, as an amendment to the execution, um, uh, the execution legislation that was that was being discussed on the floor. So he decides that it's a good idea to say this, and like there was no going to be any backlash, or anybody was going to say anything about it. it but he was wrong. These folks did say something about it. They did protest about it. And because of that, uh, because they raised their voices, the two Justins, and the, I, again, I, I, what was what was her name? We don't, we don't know what her name was. But we're going to find out what that is because I don't like giving saying that without giving the names. I, I forgot. I forget. I don't remember everything, folks. But uh, I tell you this. The, the core of it is this. The two Justins were removed or voted out. Gloria Johnson, I'm sorry. Gloria Johnson. Gloria Democrat Johnson. From Knoxville, Tennessee. That's right. Gloria Johnson was removed, was, was not removed. She was censured, right. but not removed uh, from her seat. Um, and, 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 but the two Justins were actually removed from their seat, their seats. And they voted on it. They voted to do it, right? That's despite the fact that the people voted these people into their seats. Now, I'm, I'm going to show you the. I'm going to show you where this, there's a problem here, folks. In case you're not up on news, I'm being very, very um, facetious right now. In case you're not up on news here, here in the great state of of Florida, where woke goes to die, apparently, um, you know, freedom goes to die. Yeah, freedom goes to die in Florida, man. You just die. Um, you know, it's okay to do this, right? It's okay to reverse the pe- the vote of the people as though it didn't matter to begin with, right? It, it's okay then to also take their, their right to protest these very same decisions uh, by making it a felony in various cities, in various states, and like, like Florida. Like Florida. Um, so, and, 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 and to set up the environment in which it is okay for them, white folks, to turn right back around and run you over with a car or do whatever they want to do to you as a, as, as a protester, whether you're white, black, or whatever. But the bottom line is, in the event of something like that where you see predominantly these numbers are, are, are black, Right. When you're seeing these these things happen, what what exactly do you think was going to happen throughout the United States? What do you think was going to happen, especially in the southeast, southeastern United States? What do we see that's about to happen in Texas? What do we see is going to happen in Louisiana? What do we think is going to happen in, in Mississippi where they were voting to reinstate Jim Crow laws? Right. And they were serious about that. 
Right. I, you know, I, I can't, you know, so when you talk about things like of this of this nature and uh, you have people who are like the two Justins that were protesting this and now they have been reinstated, right? By their local board, the county commissions and their city councils voted them right back. Right back in. Now, thank God that it happened. But they still have to stand for a special election. Exactly. And and that that is disturbing because it sets the precedent to do this type of thing somewhere else. And, And mind you, this is not the first time this has happened. It happened in our good old state of Florida, where uh, El Duce, um, <laughs> well, be- Ron DeSantis, uh, decides it's such a good idea now to remove uh, Andrew Warren from his seat. Right. And that was all that just was a voted. plot. I mean, he decided to look around the state and look for uh, a Democrat that he could go after. And removed from office, and Andrew Warren became it because he opened his mouth and said he wasn't going to to prosecute people for having an abortion and, and that sort of thing. And so his free speech was violated, and he lost his job. And how is that democratic? But you know, the getting back close to home, we had. I mean, what do we expect to happen when? We continue to allow this kind of attack, this assault, this culture war that they've been having. We have some Negro lawmakers sitting up in in Florida, state house named Webster Barnaby, talking about devils and imps, calling trans people like, names really, as if man? they're dehumanizing them. What you know? is that? What in the world is that? Yeah. I... I, I Explain it to me. And then they felt bolden. Yeah. And and they step out into the into the park, folks out there in the park, and they're they're protesting the whole thing, right? And they're they're having a drag uh, a drag (laughs) contest out. And I thought that was awesome. I think that was awesome. I thought that was freaking awesome. And and you know that that type of behavior is you know we can ill afford to have that kind of behavior going into now this new presidential election that, that's coming up, right? And as as we look at look forward to this, um, I am not looking forward to it. <laughs> and I, 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 I'm disturbed. I'm disturbed beyond imagination about this whole thing. Um, you know, we... I've spoken about it before on this show, and, I, and I'm very serious about it. To the Democratic Party... And I, I'm 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 going to jump on you first because, wow. Okay, you know, what are we doing with regard to these candidates that we're putting up for these seats? Well, you know, Webster Barnaby is a Republican. He's a mm-hmm. Black Republican. Uh, no, no, I, I get that. Okay, I'm 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 jumping on Democrats right now. Leave me alone. <laughs> okay. Leave me alone. Do you. Do you. Thank you. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Thank you. First of all, you know me. You've heard this a billion times from me, and I'm going to say it again. And that is, first of all, you know, you can, you can criticize me all you want to. I don't, I don't really care. 
But I'm going to tell you flat out, you don't get into the trenches. You think you get into the trenches? You're not getting into the trenches. You think you think because you going, you go door to door <laughs> and you knocking on somebody's door and you tell them to vote that you get in the trenches? <laughs> it's not the trenches. The trenches is when the trenches is when you're in a local Democratic Party and you go to or or, or the Republican Party, and, and neither one of them is doing it, in all fairness. And I've said it before, go to a CRA meeting. You don't know a damn thing about what's going on in these communities. Not one single thing. You don't know what's going on in East Tampa. You don't know what's going on in Sulphur Springs. You don't know what's going on in the university area. You don't know what's going on in Mama. You have no idea what's going on in, in West Tampa. You have no idea what's happening in the core of your cities, in the in the nooks and crannies of your cities. You don't even know what the bottom you don't even know where the bottom is. If I tell if I say that to the average Democrat or Republican. Where's the bottom in Tampa? They can't tell you. You know why? Because they they're not really in the trenches. Because if you were in the trenches, you would know what that is. If you were in the trenches, you'd be able to you'd be able to name some people that you've been in contact with in these communities because you've worked with them. All this, all this other stuff is garbage, right? Because in the in the long run, what are we doing? Right. When we're talking about you, do you know, I recognized when they when they took those votes away from those folk and they arrested them. I knew both of those people that were on the news personally. No, no, I'm not talking about just the families. I'm talking about them. That's because Walter Smith is in the community. You get what I'm saying? That that's because when when we when we're talking about really getting into the community, that means really being able. You don't you don't have to know everybody. You get it? I'm not I'm not suggesting that. What I am suggesting is that you know what the hell is going on in these communities, right? When you when you know how is it that you don't know? How, or no, better yet, how is it that you're now being made aware of the fact that there's flooding in a place like Progress Village, which is sixty, which is sixty-one years old and the oldest black community uh, suburb in Tampa, and that you have no idea and never addressed it, addressed the issue of the flooding that happens down there on a light rain? How, how, how don't you know that? But then, but then the first thing you want to do is holler how Ron DeSantis. Now, mind you, now, now you know I'm, I'm his biggest critic. But the first thing you want to do, you're just as bad as, as the governor. You're just as bad as the governor. You better start getting it together, folks. You better start getting it together and start knowing these communities that you're working in. Start really knowing these communities. I'm telling you, these people are dissatisfied with what you are doing. I'm telling you, this is the truth. This is the answer to this truth. You know, so, you know, if I'm wrong, guess what? Okay, guess what? This is what we do. If I'm wrong, watch the next election and see what happens. Watch the next election, see what happens. You, you're going to see the right. Just keep on winning. It's going to get redder and redder and redder. And that's what we're going to see. I don't know if that's necessarily follows, but no. know, I think... No, no, no. I'm telling you. I'm not telling you what... I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you what I know. I've seen it. I've seen it. I'm telling you right now, there's a problem. There's a serious problem. 
we see, listen, dude, we saw what's happening around the state of Florida. Well, I think this governor and the Republicans are fighting culture wars because they can't solve problems. I mean, we've had... Uh, what, what, you got, what you call the wars? The culture wars okay. because of the... Look at what happened in the Ian hurricane response. You know, that was yeah. their constituency, and yet he's so in the pocket of the insurance lobby and the insurance industry that he's failing them. Now they're they're acting as if they're being priced out of their own homes because they can't rebuild. And insurance companies are walking away uh, with all of the power over their properties. And these people don't know how to respond if they can't rebuild. What are they to do? So a lot of people are having to walk away from their homes, and that's their constituency. These are the people who actually have homes, you know. And it's that's just, their constituency. It's their constituency. And, and, and some of those people are, when you say their constituency, what do you mean? Are you saying I mean, are you saying they're Republicans? They're Republicans. They're okay. white, middle class Republicans. What about the Democrats? Are the Democrats also faced with that same thing? Well, they're Democrats too, right? right but they're they, in this community. They they have no power. The Democrats okay. are out of power in this state. So so exactly that's exactly in right. The, and you know uh, in why? The state house. Yeah, yeah, you know why? Because we keep putting the wrong people up. One reason is because we keep putting the wrong people up for the for for the for the job. We That's got some pretty one. good Democrats. I mean, Fendra Driscoll, she's a fighter. I'm she's not, up there. Nope. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not okay. even. I'm not. I'm not even. That, that's not even. That's not my argument. I'm not even dealing with that with that issue. What I'm dealing with is being out into the community and knowing. Do you know that? Do you know that? Some of these people have no idea. Majority, great majority of these people have no idea of what's happening in these communities. This is sixty-one years. Like the the one I just gave you, the one community I just gave you, sixty-one years of that. We had a majority Democrat um, um, uh, board of county commissioners. You understand me? This count. This thing sits in the county of Hillsborough in South County, and there's no argument about this point. This effect, and in sixty-one years. In 61 years, you mean to tell me no one bothered to go down there and go see what's going on with these people until now? Right now? Mm -hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? That's what I mean by getting into the trenches. How do you not know that? Something as simple as that. Resolve. You don't have to be, you don't have to be necessarily empowered. Sometimes things are not are not political. They're not, you know what I'm saying? They're not a matter of Democrat or Republican necessarily. They should not be. They should not be. They're a matter of human issues. These are human issues, man. And this this guy that's in, that's in uh, Tallahassee is not a human being. Mm -mm. There's nothing human about him. Especially when the stories about Guantanamo Bay starts coming oh out. Oh, my God, <laughs> bro. Did, did you, you see the response to Fort Lauderdale? Did you see what's happening in Fort Lauderdale? Yeah, the flooding, the yeah. Flooding he's bad. just now called down there. Yeah, because he's Come on, man. worried about his insurance Come buddies. On. You know, that Third, insurance. They're, they're, so watch this. There's going to be a, th I'm trying to tell you, people have been talking about it forever. And the, and and there there there's going to be, I believe, and I, I might be, I might be really wrong about this. I might really be wrong about this. But there's going to be a third-party solution at some point. There, 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 would, there would have to be. There's already, there's already a third-party mm -hmm. solution. I mean, you have Labor Party, you have the Communist yeah. Party, you yeah. have all types of parties yeah. that are standing yeah. in the wings waiting for a voice. It's a problem. So, it's, a, it's a serious problem. But again, today we're going to talk about this issue um, because it is a matter of freedom of speech. Being able to talk about what we're talking about right now is a matter of freedom of speech, and not being able, not being persecuted and prosecuted 
literally, in the state of Florida because of your your belief, your speed, your frequency. Like, you know, listen, you know, I'm just one person who's saying, you know, one person saying it right now. There are other people that are saying exactly what I'm saying. And they're on CNN. They're on BBC. They're on... Uh, what I'm saying is not new. It is not new. There are people who have difference of opinion. That's fine. That right. doesn't bother me at all. Again, freedom mm-hmm. of speech, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, You know, we have got to understand that... And we, we, we've got to understand that what we're what we're headed towards right now is not good at all, and and we are on the cusp of something that's very dangerous, extremely dangerous. We are that's already there. Said, yeah, we're already there. <laughs> we're, already- we're already there, man. And 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 this is this is bad, bro. This is so bad. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know. And we're gonna, again, we're going to talk about this issue. I don't know exactly what we're going to do. About it. Well, I think the question for me is, who cares about the working classes? Who's going to respond to them? Who's going to respond to them? Who's going to do anything about it? To me, that's the question for Democrats, Republicans, and the Republicans have shown they care less. What did I just say? What did I just say? (laughs) You just just proved my point right there. You just reiterated exactly what I said. I've been saying it for years, and I, I will say it again. They better get in the trenches. They better get their asses in the trenches now, right now. Right. You, want, you want to win this game? <laughs> you want to win this boxing match? You better start punching, Jack. That's right. how it is. Straight up. Straight up. So, hey, folks, we are going to have a wonderful show today. Um, it is now 8.31, 8.31 to a.m. here on the Sunday Forum. But, Billy, anything else? We got anything else? What else we got? We got some more. Man, we got a bunch of stuff. Oh, it's do. a lot going on, but I want to hear from the beautiful people sitting in, in, the, in the room, room yeah, with me. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We got the people in the room. What's yeah. going on? Good morning. Good morning. Let's introduce. Will you please introduce yourselves? Oh, I'm Ariel Stevenson. I'm a freelance Ooh. writer for Creative Loafing Tampa. WMF own Ariel Stevenson. <laughs> yes. How you doing, Ariel? I'm good. I'm happy to be here this morning with you guys. All right. Glad to have you. Glad to have you. Hey, everyone. I'm Michael Minardi. I'm an attorney here in Tampa, advocate. You know, I think the biggest issue you asked about is is the question to find out is how much have those people in that district for 61 years donated to their local politicians as to how much, you know, play they get in <laughs> determining what and who goes out and helps them because that seems to be really the only contributing factor to where mm-hmm. policy goes. Listen, man. I, wow. Uh, and gerrymandering. I mean. Oh, yeah. It's money. You say you're gerrymandering or you say and gerrymandering? And gerrymandering. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Yeah. And that's how that's Ron how DeSantis got, got where he is. Stop. This, I gotta stop. By like a fraction, I got to stop hazing people yeah. when they come in on the show, man. Yeah. Not like he <laughs> ran across the finish line. He was like limping, you know, yeah. right, to get there. Right, so. right, right. This is this is uh, we have this event coming up, folks. Um, the forum on freedom of speech, and and um, this is this is a very very important forum that's taking place, um, and it's going to be on the uh, on Saturday, April 29th, uh, at Tampa Prep uh, School, Tampa Preparatory School, excuse me, uh, from twelve at twelve thirty p.m. Um, we will be there. On hand uh, as as members of the panel. Ten o'clock. 
Oh, is it ten? It's ten to two. Yeah, that, ten to two. Uh, this that that's the the voice that you hear. <laughs> the smoky, very white voice. Yeah, the, the very, who is that guy? That that, that, I, that the voice I heard outside. <laughs> that is not the voice I heard outside. By the way, I'm just letting you know right now. Uh, he, put, he put that on. That's 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 the, oh. that's the that's the great Don Scott. The quiet storm voice. <laughs> with his with his quiet storm. That, that, yeah. Yeah. Quiet his storm quiet voice. storm voice. Perfect for Sunday morning. Yeah. Yeah. Easy like Sunday. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Easy like Sunday morning. Yeah. Greetings, Tampa Bay. How's everybody doing out there? You see that? You see that? <laughs> we're, we're fine, Don. You like that? We're fine. We like that. Yeah, we love it. <laughs> it's been what a minute since I've been on here. Yeah, man, but he got his Philadelphia Eagles shirt on, folks. Well, that's, that's, that's that's my hometown, and I can. Oh, okay, got to represent. <laughs> I, I, I make it, I get people upset every time I wear it. Too. <laughs> I told I told him when he gets out of the car, he might, he might want to turn it turn the other way, dog, so he doesn't get hit by you know by any strays stray rocks or anything like that. Here in Tampa Bay. No, nah, man, we're glad to have you guys here. Uh, Don is one of our premier um, event planners for these types of events uh, that are very critical to our community and and, and let it in information, informational type of events like this forum on the freedom of speech and the media and freedom of speech. Those, those are two very important points is the freedom of speech and the media and freedom of speech. Um, we can we can we can ill afford to not protect those things, right? When every time we speak, we say things that uh, that people agree with or disagree with, uh, and that's fine. That does not bother anybody here in this room. Uh, the reality of it is is that we have to protect that ability. If we are not protecting that ability, what are we saying? What are we saying? And so I want to I want to start by you know that's that a question that is not rhetorical, by the way. <laughs> it, 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 what what are we? What, where are we right now? Where are we right now? On the edge of barbarism? I don't know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> on the knife's edge of dancing on the knife's edge of barbarism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's about right. Yeah. It's about We're right. in a, a critical time. <laughs> you know, uh, it's. It's funny, I spend my life trying to break through the jargon that is bureaucracy and government uh, at whatever level. And it's even harder than ever uh, to do so. Um, and it's meant to keep folks uh, unable from, incapable of accessing the information they need to understand what's happening to them in their lives. And uh, it becomes an individualized thing from what I've seen from housing to labor to the environment to education when it's not an individual failure, it's a collective failure. Um, and it's not one person's fault why they can't afford their housing or they, they're not making enough at their job. These are, you know, the conditions that they're operating under. Um, and, uh, you know, as we, I'm a leftist, you know, I'm a journalist, so I'm objective, but I am a leftist. And uh, as that rate of profit gets harder for them to reach, they're going to find different ways to polarize the working class. I mean, if you go back in history, whites and blacks organized as workers and it was becoming very successful. And so, you know, that's over a hundred years ago now, but they very pointedly broke that apart and started to, that's when you see the KKK rise back up as an effort to break that 
that bond because once that bond is solidified, I mean, there might be laws, there might be laws against protesting. There might be consequences as we're seeing a lot of people suffer right now, whether they lose their job or they go to prison or whatever. But, you know, if there's enough people organized, what are they going to do? And I've had people tell me this at unions in different places. It's like, yeah, we're a right to work state and we can't strike. If you, you know, have a contract with the state, you can't strike. But what are you going to do if everybody walks off, you know, in the trenches, as you were saying? So, but a lot of people can't afford to take that risk, which is what they profit off of is folks just trying to survive. Right. I mean, I think Walter, that's, that's where we are now. We're at a point where people are afraid to speak up because they don't want to get canceled. They don't want to lose their job. They don't, they're afraid of the backlash of what they may say, you know, and we've seen it in Hollywood. We've seen it, you know, on the local level, you know, and, and I think that, you know, like, I see, and when you become afraid, then what you find is other people who are afraid just like you, you know, because, well, right. That's, I, I have a job, I have a family, mm-hmm. I can't afford to, you know, speak out on this issue or on this topic because, you know, somebody might come at me on a radio station, you know, <laughs> I mean, on another network. And next thing you know, now, now I'm homeless and I don't have a job because I decided to voice my opinion on somebody's radio show. You know? Well, you know, the workers at Disney were trying to <laughs> yeah. get Disney to do the right thing and come out on the right side of a fascist issue in the state. And when it finally did, the state had to attack Disney as if to say, don't respond to the demands of your workers. You know, how dare you? You know, and so we're going to we're going to attack you and we're going to go to war with you, even if I'm losing. The governor Absolutely. is losing. So the lawyer in the house could tell us. This uh, codicil that they put in, you know, before the so-called oversight, tourism oversight board took over, is that going to stand up? Uh, You know, it seems like most of his policy, I don't think so. Um, And I did run as a Republican um, last Mm -hmm. election season. I think this First Amendment issue is huge. And I do think a lot of these social economic status issues, you know, come into play because the fear of exactly that, losing your job, not being able to support your family is fundamentally what we all have to deal with that they are able to continue to separate us so that we can't even have reasonable conversations. Right. You know, and, and that's really what part of they're trying to ban. And when I thought, of, you know, in, in elementary schools and things like that with, with the Woke Act and what they're doing, okay, I, I get that. We have some control. I'm a firm believer in parents' rights. I should be able to teach my kids the morals that they, they live with, not our schools. But when it gets to colleges... You know, now, right. now you're talking about what isn't our minds the greatest thing that we have in America? Isn't the First Amendment and this freedom of speech, and that includes expression and other forms of freedom of speech as well, isn't that the most fundamental thing that we have that makes our nation the greatest and really, I think, the closest to caring about humanity, right? Because that's really what it gets down to. Well, you know, one of the things that, that we are, uh, and, and I want to go back to something that was just mentioned here. Um, before I move forward with this point, the the issue of I, I've, I've done a lot of organizing, a lot of organizing in my time, and a lot of times what I run up against are NDAs, right? Mm-hmm. And these jobs are like, like you know, I tr- I'm trying to get to the bottom of why people are sick, like the event that we have 
this weekend, um, which is the health fair, the environmental justice health fair, right? And a lot of people in these areas are ill. They are ill, physically mm-hmm. ill. And the reason is because of industrial mm-hmm. operations that are, that are by their communities, right? Progress Village mm-hmm. is a great example of that. Exactly. Not only that, it's a food desert. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah so if you can't absolutely. get fresh food, you know, and fresh vegetables, how do you expect to have a healthy community? Exactly. It, 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 it's plain and simple. But you cannot, you cannot allow folks, um, you cannot allow yourselves to be scared to the point that you're going to lose everything. If enough of you get together, the history shows us always, if enough of you get together, then what ends up happening is a reversal of whatever it is that you that you're fighting against, right? Okay. So I doubt very have you ever seen Fight Club? Mm-hmm. Right? What happens in Fight Club? You're not supposed to talk about Fight Club. <laughs> you're not supposed to talk about Fight That's Club. That's rule number one. Rule number one. Well he organizes okay. workers. Right, 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 right. Around a common goal. <laughs> there you go. And, and 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 so when this happens, right? All this, all this bad stuff is happening. It's been happening, but then people start coming together. Like, hey, man, the working class comes together because we're your waiters, we're your talk show hosts, we're your, <laughs> you know, we're your, we're the people that operate the sprockets, right? And if we're not there to operate those sprockets, then you got a problem, mm-hmm. right? You got a serious problem. So that's the threat that we have. Right, because we are your resource. Stop thinking that you are not a resource. You don't have any resource. You are the resource, folks. You are. Now, having said that, um, one of the things that that I noticed globally, right, and the same thing applies domestically. Globally, we're starting to see, and I, I use you know in Africa, for instance, in Africa, you're starting to see. African nations say uh, bye-bye to the Western world. And I'm not talking, not talking about BRICS. I'm not talking about BRICS. But the I'm problem about, is they are saying hello to China and Russia, which is... That's a problem. Not, that's a problem. <laughs> which puts them right back in the same situation again. Those imperialist economies. Good God, man. But they're saying... But the, there's this... There's this... This, um, this group of people that are now saying... You know, we know what you did. You toppled Nkrumah, right? I, I know this one thing, this one guy uh, talks about, I think it was from um, uh, Namibia. I might be wrong. But he points out that, no, he's from Malawi. Malawi, the president of Malawi. He points out, you know, you toppled, we saw you topple Nkrumah. We saw you interfere in Egypt. We saw you kill Muammar Gaddafi. We saw you do all these things. We saw apartheid. We saw what you did in, in in Namibia, and then you deny it. And we see what you're doing in in the Congo, right? But even when the Congo is trying to pull away from, you know, trying to pull away from the the slavery and the the inhumane uh, treatment that's taking place in these areas, now we're saying to you, keep all of that there, where whatever it is, get out, get out, just get out, okay? so that we can run the nations the way we need to run it as a united front, right? Because you're taking resources and you're not giving back. And that's what it's always been. That's colonialism. That's how it works, right? And I think that, I think that the voice that we're hearing now, the voice that we've heard for years now is even more effective because now 
you have people who are even more educated and aware of the different nuances of how to address these issues. When before, at the United Nations, for instance, right, at the United Nations, many of these countries didn't even have a voice. They had no voice at all. Why? Because the colonial powers were the ones that were going to the United Nations, not them, right? Now these people are now saying, we want control of our own resources. We want to be able to control our economies. We want, we're, we're, we're doing this now, goodbye. Okay, so it's the same thing in our communities, I think. In our communities, what's happening is we have people who are realizing what's happening and they're saying, look, man, you know, we, we're trying to get a foothold here. We're trying to get a grip on what has been going on in these communities for generations, not just 10 years, or so, generations, right? Now we're hearing these voices. We'll start with you, Mike, then we'll come to you, Gary. Mike? What do you thought about these voices that, t- that that we're hearing that are emerging from these communities that have been underserved or well, downtrodden? I, you know, and I think we've seen this kind of a lot of things when social justice or issues impact a, a large community, right? We see a wave shortly after that event that comes out supporting it. And the question always becomes, do they show up at the polls? You know, do we still continue with these problems that we have today because all those people may be out at the protest, but they're not showing up at the real protest because mm-hmm. really does a real protest happen, right, on Election Day or the weeks before. And, and I know there's all this rhetoric we, with being able to vote and the ability to do so and, and, and interfering with people's rights in the state. But, you know, I got to say, we, we do make it pretty available to, for people to be able to vote if they want to with mail-in ballots, with, with the early election dates and stuff like that. But they just got to get out to the polls because I really see that continues to be the problem. And when you go back to the money in politics – that's where it becomes, right? So these candidates that you're talking to when they're outspent five to one by their opposition, it makes it very difficult for them to get out their message and really compete. And then as well, get that team together to get people out to the vote. But I I think realistically, we have it in our hands. Like you said, the people and the masses can do this. Um, You know, some examples in in my space, a lot of what I do in, in work is the cannabis space. You know, that passed in 2016. We had 71% of the people in Florida support it. But you go back and you look at what the legislature has done with that program. They've limited it. They constricted it. They Mm -hmm. interpreted it their own way. It's because those people still are not getting in that need to have the same values that these communities have. Um, and so they're still able to have control. And with the changing of, you know, the districts here in the state of Florida, we saw what happened with that. Um, there's a super majority of, you know, the Republican Party in there. And, you know, no matter what, I think there has to be some sort of diversity so that we can have open thought. Um, you know, a lot of these policies that I see may not end up going through. The educational bill was stopped. The anti-riot mm-hmm. bill was was stopped. And these things are declared mm-hmm. unconstitutional. Right. I remember when he first introduced it, one of the legislatures called me up and asked about it. I'm like, listen, it doesn't matter what this bill says. 
these issues come down to the First Amendment and freedom of speech and have to be decided in court. And, and that's and ended knows, up what happened. He knows that. I mean, he's a lawyer. Part of what we're seeing is his like ongoing court case. Like, let's just throw something out and right. see what happens. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, that's been his whole approach from the beginning. And I don't, you know, know this. I'm not a lawyer, but most of the time it seems like sometimes you're just trying to do something and see how the other side's going to respond. And that that's as simple as it is sometimes. But Right. And, and is it possible uh, that they're just looking at the Supreme Court is is totally been taken over <laughs> by the right and they can do anything they want because it's going to be uh, bank. Uh, it's going to be supported by this Supreme Court. Well, I think that's a definite possibility. And also, you know, especially with potential if I'm running for president in, in politics, you know, any media is good media. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you continue to stay in that media stream because honestly, you see these cases when they first come to the media, then you really don't hear about them for months or they're buried on the back page as to actually what happened, right? Especially when you have political control of the media. Right. So they're actually, you know, directing the message. Uh, and I, I think really, you know, some of those are the problems as well that we have. So, um, you know, I think it's a splash and then no one ended up really knows what's going on and what's happening, you know. Mm-hmm. And I talked to my sister. She's in education. I was like, you know, that, that act was kind of unconstitutional. So right now, like teachers cannot get suspended or fired or whatever the act says in regards to speaking about and discussing these things in classrooms. But we know they're petrified throughout the state. You know, because they weaponize they parents. You know, they yeah. can come up there and act in the old and, kind and of way. There was a teacher that just got, um, I, I want to say he just got fired. He had, um, and this is obviously a First Amendment, he had had a book on his shelves. Um, they didn't like it. They took it off. He made a comment on social media about it, and he was canned. Right. You know, so we're just really, you know, even though we are in the free state, right? It's not the big tour. <laughs> the irony. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, we're more controlled than a lot of other states right now in, in our personal freedoms. And that that's is. what this whole free state issue was about, personal freedoms, right? And, and these do nothing more but touch these personal freedoms more than anything else. This is why solidarity is more important than ever in this state. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, it's interesting. If you think back to Ron DeSantis, he really wasn't on the radar until COVID. If you think back to the news cycle, the stuff that he was pushing, the way he was responding, he was pretty compliant to Trump. He was pretty complacent with you know, whatever was handed down. Um, And then all of a sudden after COVID starts, he notices something. He had gone along with the COVID restrictions in the beginning. And then all of a sudden you see him change. I don't know who pointed it out, if he picked it up, but then all of a sudden you see his response be very combative, very different um, from like, I, you know, I feel like from like, you know, mid 2020 or maybe end of 2020 on, then all of a sudden he notices something and then he starts throwing out these baits, which have real human consequences. Let's be real. We're talking about it. You know, he's trying to drum up controversy, but there's people that are going to suffer as a result of these things, Um, whether they go through or not, whether it's just psychological trauma from having to experience it in the news cycle or whatever. But you see something change in him where he notices that there's a vacuum that he can, you know, uh, capitalize on. And all of a sudden his rhetoric becomes a lot more like old school, like demagoguery. You go back to like the South and, uh, oh God, what was his name? I can't think of it. Um, you talk about uh, 
George Wallace. Wallace. Thank you. I got mom brain this morning. So uh, <laughs> you go, he, you know, you think of those old school, deep South red, you know, demagogues with the red faces pointing their fingers at, you know, like yeah. the, the pulpit. So, you know, it reminds me of some of that rhetoric that he's brought back in. Nostalgia is the thing right now, you know, um, right. and uh, you well, really I, see him change his, his direction there. I think it was January 6th, the insurrection that gave him the, the picture that yeah. there, there was a people, there was a group of people out there that was willing to, to act on the big lie. Mm -hmm. And if they'll act on that lie, they'll act on the other lie that this was all a hoax. You know, they'll act on any conspiracy theory, they'll act on chaos, they'll respond to that. And I think he's been trying to hard, you know, harvest that vote and only that vote since then. Uh, one of the things that 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 that, uh, that hit me and has always hit me in media, which is why this show exists, right, is that we have uh, historically. <laughs> it's one of the funniest things. That I've, it's not funny at all, truthfully, but it, it, one of the, one of the most ignorant things I've ever seen is when is when it's okay for a person who is uh, seemingly very ignorant uh, or the worst possible person that you can go to for an interview or a discussion or whatever it is that's brought into a discussion and is able to spew out ridiculousness, right? And that historically has been what has been uh, the justification quite often for proving air quotes, proving, you watch me on Facebook, proving, um, the, 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 the inadequacy and the intelligence of those people who look like me in media um, when, when it comes down to it, right? Or, or uh, females, period, across the board, right? Because what, what they said, females have no place in these particular issues, right? Females have no place. And so, so, we're not. We're going to ask these 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 people who uh, seem to be unknowing or very ignorant on the topic to speak out on these issues, right? Mm -hmm. And so you see it all the time. Go back, go back and watch those old interviews in the South of Mississippi. I'd rather not. <laughs> I mean, but when you watch it, you know you're like, wow. What I see this fascism that's happening. Yeah, listen, Rhonda, this Rhonda Santis <laughs> looks at what other governors, like the governor of Texas, has done, and that prompted him to ship out the migrants because the governor of Texas was doing the same thing. So I gotta, I gotta one up him. I can't let him one up me. He saw during the COVID response, he saw the Democratic governor of New York mm -hmm. on television every day giving you numbers, doing a report, a diligent work. And he was like, you know, I can't be one up by this guy. So he had to do something to get attention. And I guess his idea was to go the opposite direction and start so spewing lies. And I mean, you have a <laughs> Surgeon General that, you know, the Surgeon General should be on talking about fentanyl, not Ashley Moody, the, the Attorney General. But well, we saw that federally. Yeah. The CDC was shut down. The, the head of the CDC was not allowed to speak 
for the longest time of all. CDC wasn't even keeping numbers. It was the journalists. It was the fourth estate that was keeping the numbers. So, and then you got this Surgeon General sitting in Florida who's trying to hide the fact that young people were, uh, people between 18 and 13 were affected with heart problems if they take the vaccine, but he hid the fact that this was also a heart problem if you got the if you got the disease. He hid that fact from the from the paperwork, the numbers in Florida. So why why do we have an attorney general that's that's pushing lies? So you have a governor that is willing to run on lies because they spew ignorance and, and, and either ignorance or I say that let me say this. Under the administration, and this is the worst part of all, at the federal level, the top level, it was complete ignorance. <laughs> Don't just, no, dumbassery. That's what I call it, dumbassery. <laughs> because it, because what, what they were, there was nothing that was smart about anything that was being said at the top levels. Think about it for a moment. Even the, pro- the logistics of the whole thing. With logistics, for instance, there were, there were no logistics. Mm-hmm. There were absolutely no logistics. The, the Oster... Watch this, watch this, on the workforce, right? And this is important for, for people to understand. At the workforce level, OSHA was not, a, there was no leader. There was no director of OSHA. Noah, Noah was, there was no Noah. Yeah. I mean, the, the director of Noah was interim, right? Yeah. And had been for about a year and a half. Uh... You know, and these are people, and, and the CDC director was not equipped to deal with the issue of, of his own admission. He was ill-equipped to I deal with. I think they it. were afraid of reality, and I mean, and, the yeah. events. The got truth ahead of, of them. it all was just wrong, just outright wrong. There was nothing. There was nothing right about it. So much so, this guy, number forty-five, number three, decides that he's going to tell you. Yeah, I think. I think, and people just sitting down to see. Right, that's right. The people that got sense are sitting on the corner. Why? Because they were shut down. They couldn't say a word. They were told, shut your mouth. Yeah. Well, you know, they're all celebrities. You know, they're people not worth listening to. But what did happen in the pandemic, it empowered the workers. Now the workers have yep. control over what jobs they're going to take, what hours yep. they're going to work, you know, how long they're going to stay. You yep. know, the workers have a lot more control and the landscape has changed. And I don't think a lot of people want to go back to the way it was. Mm-mm. A lot of people like working from home. A lot of people like the new... Mm-hmm. Uh, 